Welcome to the Get Out and Try podcast. I'm your host, Katie Axel. This episode is brought to you by Miracle at Big Rock. The holidays are here, and Big Rock Creek in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin is so proud to present the biggest holiday spectacular that the St. Croix Valley has ever seen. Step into the holiday magic this season with Miracle at Big Rock for good old-fashioned family fun. You're going to be dazzled by the millions of Christmas lights that surround you as you travel through the different themes that they have, including Frozen Land, the Enchanted Forest, Whoville, and many more. There's also going to be food trucks, an indoor heated holiday market, cocktails for you, cocoa and s'mores for the kids, sledding, fireworks, and of course, Santa's going to be there. Jump on board the Miracle helicopter to see the lights from the sky. Don't miss it. Miracle at Big Rock runs from November 26th through January 2nd. Free parking is available for you. Skip the line and buy your tickets in advance at miracleatbigrock.com. We're picking up where we left off with Samantha Grimes last week. Now, in part one, we learned about her early days of music and forming her band. And now in part two, you get to hear the exciting news about how Samantha Grimes has been signed as an artist with Sony. And she also has a music video and there is so much more to come. Check it out. So where does the record deal come in? That is actually kind of a funny story. So back in, well, it would have been a little before May. May is when I signed with the label. But before then, I was doing my internet trolling in the most positive version of that word. And I had stumbled on a comment on one of my videos that, you know, said what a great job this is and and thank you for sharing. And I looked this guy up and, and it seemed like he had a lot of connections um, with some different names that I'd recognized uh, with music and so I sent him a message. I'm like, thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. You know, got to talking to him and it turned out that he had started his own record label. And I told him that, you know, I'm, I'm making music right now, but I don't know exactly kind of what I'm going to do with it. If my plans are to release it on my own or, uh, or basically what my plan even was going to be. And he said, well, if you'd be interested, we're actively seeking new artists and, at that point, I was like, well, I've never gone this route before because, you know, it, for the longest time, independent and unsigned, I mean, that's everybody's clout is that they're doing everything on their own. And on the other side of the coin, I I knew I had to legally protect myself because you don't want to get yourself into a bad situation where they rip your music away and you get nothing. And so that <laughs> opened a whole can of worms of contacting a lawyer and starting an LLC and doing all of these music business orientated things that I had never experienced in the past. And they sent over a contract. I sent it to my lawyer. We went back and forth on this phrasing and and what this meant. And then right before I was about to sign the final contract, they had sent over a note that said, Hey, by the way, we are now going to be part of the Orchard, which is a Sony music company. And in essence, by signing with us with this new verbiage, you'll be a Sony music artist under their umbrella. And when they said that, I was, you know, you're trying to be cool. But on the inside, I was like, well, where do I sign? <laughs> because how cool is that? That's yeah. a name people know. I made sure the, the royalty splits were fair. I made sure that the copyrights of my music were staying with me and that there wasn't any risk of, you know, years and years of my songwriting basically being sold to somebody without any representation of myself. So I think I did a good job. I was very grateful to my lawyer out of the cities that helped me. And 
together we put together a fair and equitable contract and that's who I've been with ever since. So yeah, we've released now three songs out into the world since May 7th is when I signed. And I ended up with this label being the highest stream grossing performer on the roster, which is really cool. And now as of today, we've got just shy of 80,000 streams between those songs. So that's wow. for me. And- yeah. For me, when I had released, I mean, I had eight streams on one of my songs from trilogy from that EP. So go from eight streams to 80,000 is <laughs> it's pretty big. That's awesome. So w- the three songs I know train wreck is one of them. I know Kingmaker is one of them. Which one am I missing? Believe. Believe. Okay. And which one of those three is your favorite to play? Oh, that's a toss up. Train rack, I love to play because that is the first one that really got put in the mix with having a producer and and taking it's actually a very fascinating story. So that song, I recorded a demo that you can still hear on my YouTube page. And the producer on the track, he took that demo and he isolated tracks from it and built the studio version of Trainwreck from it. it. It's something that is unheard of to be able to pull all that together into a marketable song. And so Trainwreck, whenever I hear that, I hear in my head the original version, the demo, and I and I hear what it's evolved into. And so that makes it extra special. Um, so I love that. Believe is fun because it's like a piano disco rock <laughs> song. And that's one where when we're playing out that a lot of people dance to it. So that always makes me feel cool. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. And now Kingmaker, that song, I love that one to play live because we get audience to participate. There's a clapping portion of it. And that's my biggest thing, if you ever see me live, is I really like to connect with people, no matter how big the crowd is. I always try to get them to interact in some fashion. And that's a song where I basically force them to interact. <laughs> and when they do, it's electric. I mean, we played at the Trap Rock Brewery and we did that song kind of towards the end of our set and everybody clapped. It, it was it was surreal. So that is that's slowly becoming one of my favorite songs. I love it. And that's your music video, too. Yes, that is the video that we shot. And the first video that was done kind of, I like to think of early Sam, I always call her baby Sam with the music that I did when I was younger. And then now this more mature version of myself. This is the first music video I've done in this spectrum of time. And we just had a ball and it's so fun to watch the video and be like, oh my gosh, you know, we we filmed it at the Chateau St. Croix Winery mm-hmm. and they were they were good enough to be like, okay, yes, come on in. We would love to have you. Um, if if it's cool with you, there's going to be people around. So hopefully you can work around them. In the video, I'm wearing a Bridgerton-inspired outfit. So because uh, Kingmaker, the whole concept behind it was, you know, royalty and all this jazz. And so I got this outfit to look exactly like Daphne from Bridgerton. And I showed up before anybody, like from the camera crew and all that stuff, I showed up before they got there. And lo and behold, the Chateau was having a wine festival. <laughs> Oh, perfect. <laughs> and so I show the up. The queen this, has arrived. Like, yes. And everyone, so people didn't know what was happening. And so I walk in just trying to look unassuming in my full like uh, regalia. And people kept asking me, they're like, do you know what wine would pair with this? <laughs> and I, 
I'm like, I don't work here. They're like, oh, and they give you that look like, why are you dressed like this if you don't work here? I was walking over towards the side of the building to kind of see if I could see my bandmates vehicles pull up and somebody stopped me. They're like, this is just so great at the Chateau to have you here. It just, it gives it such a nice essence. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun. And they're like, we're, and I said, yeah, my band, we're shooting a music video. They're like, oh, we thought you were here as like a tour guide. You should have said we do accept tips. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because in my head, I'm thinking of all these really clever things that I could say. And on the other side, I'm like, you know what? We are going to be a positive representation of music in the Sacred Valley. (laughs) <laughs> we are going to tell them that we don't know what cheese pairs with this Merlot. We're just going to move on with the day. Um, and it was, it was awesome. So we film it and Cree Larson, the gentleman that did the recording and that mixed the video, he, he was so talented And every shot of that music video. There are people milling around and you can't tell because the shots are done so well that they're hiding the traffic from people. But it was just, it's so funny to remember filming it with people sitting right next to me in those old timey chairs, kind of in the main room there. There was a couple sitting like they could have put their hand on my knee. They were so close. And here I'm singing, like pretending that I'm alone in this place. And same with the shots that we did out by the water fountain. There were people left and right coming in and out of the doors and walking around us. And yet when you watch the video, it looks like we're alone and that there's nobody else there. And that's, it's just, it's funny. And the Chateau was so kind and so generous to let us use their beautiful estate to do that. So we're very grateful. So were there any other insider info pieces that you picked up as you recorded your first video with Cree? I learned that the technology nowadays is so that like, it's so high def that a person with me with pores that look like the surface of Mars, it was not very flattering. On oh the my close gosh. Up. I can relate to this after all the videos I do. I'm like, Oh, yes. Goodness. Yes. Where you look and you're like, Oh my, cause I tried, I had my makeup and my hair done and I was like, you know, from far away, gosh, I look great. And then I saw on the video, the first run that he did. And I'm like, Cree, this is fantastic. However, I look like somebody could park a car in the pores around my nose. So we're going to need to, to fix that real quick and, and just flawlessly he does it and it looks great, but it's just little things like that, that I don't think of. My main thing is playing the music and, and representing that. So it was kind of funny to have the visual side be such a, a big factor in what we were doing. Nice that he can touch that up. Oh yeah. Yes. The strangest thing is starting to happen to me where people are contacting my website, asking for like signed autographed pictures to be sent to them. Wow. And, and the whole That's time I'm, I'm thinking it is, but the other side of me is like, why do you want to picture me? <laughs> and, and is it a picture where I look like a spaz case? Because I, I don't like the way that I look in a lot of pictures just because I'm super self-conscious, but it's just, it's funny where that side of it is now, like I said, it's a factor where as before it never was, you know, you took your selfie shot for your MySpace profile and that's all you had to care about. Yeah. And and now, I mean, you you have to have the visual appearance so you can be fascinating and interesting for people to watch. And you have to have music that's good enough to back it up. So I'm very fortunate. I, my band helps me out and <laughs> makes sure that I look appealing and that I have a good time and that everything is a good show. Let's talk about releasing new music because you you have released three. I can't imagine you're done there. Yeah, I'm not even close to done. Um, So there's two tracks that are in the hopper right now. So there is my one song called Damage, 
that is being produced by the same um, gentleman that did Trainwreck and Believe. And it is so 90s era vintage. It is so much fun. I just picture a dive bar in the 90s that you would have caught like Nirvana playing at in their early days. And this song just emulates all that 90s angst and kind of a little gritty acoustic guitar. And it's just, it's so much fun. So that one is done and ready to be released into the wild. And then I have another song that was recorded at IAPR, the Institute of Production and Recording in Minneapolis with John and Nick, my drummer and my bassist. And that song's called Black Eyeliner, which is another one of my real favorites. I adore playing that one live. It is just, it's my one song where people are like, wow, total Alanis Morissette vibes, you know, just the way that I sing it. And that's another one that'll that's done and mastered and ready to go. So those are two that are ready and i've probably got another four that are work in progress is right now yeah all culminating hopefully to a full album in the spring is it so painful waiting for the release date it is only because there's a, a portion of time that you go through before those songs are released where they get sent out to press and basically a bunch of people listen to it give their opinion on it and then you pick out the different ideas that they have for use in your press junket so like with Trainwreck, it got submitted to all these bloggers and influencers and people that ran playlists and all that kind of thing. And then they tell you, oh, I would play this. It's got this feel. It's got this feel. And then two months has to go by before it really is released and the general public can hear it. So that's where, I mean, it's all part of what I signed up for, but it's also the same time I want to, I want to just send it to everybody in my cell phone and be like, listen to this, listen to this, yeah. <laughs> but I can't, but you know, it, I guess waiting for it makes it all the better you know I, by the time it does come out and it's officially released it's it's like this big I, I always think of it like a graduation you know from all the process that went into it and then finally having a finished product that's out there it's it's uh it's a big deal and yeah. i i get super super excited and it's very cathartic to have them officially released so yeah I can imagine that's a huge accomplishment for every single one when it happens. And I don't, I can't imagine that ever goes away because there's so much work that goes into it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There is so much work that people don't understand unless you're, you know, in it and, and have made music from that aspect, you know, then you kind of get it. But people don't realize the the millions of times you listen to one song on a bunch of different speakers to try to pick out inaccuracies or errors or spots where my voice sounds like I got ran over by a truck, you know, things yeah. like that, that don't make it into the final cut. Um, those imperfections. It's just, I listened to one of the very first recordings of uh, a song. You can find it on my YouTube, but it was a song called tonight, which was released on my first CD back in 06. And I found the original version of it. And it sounds hilarious. It sounds like a little kid, discovered like a jc penny guitar and a windows 95 windows recorder remember that how you yep. still, like be able to yeah that's what it sounded like in the first version and then you hear the studio version it's like man it's just it's crazy the the evolution each song takes and now right. it's so different because it's very single based whereas before it's like you release an album and then the singles are taken off of that and i'm kind of with my distribution deal i'm kind of in a different pattern where it's single, 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 mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. all of them coming to a head with the album that will have all these tracks on it. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun. It's different. And, and I just, I don't know, I, as long as I keep writing, I think we'll just keep on going and seeing how much music we can get out there. Absolutely. When you were talking about sending it out to influencers and bloggers, it made me start thinking, what did that look like 20 years ago? Would it have just been sent to DJs? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, 20 years ago, at least from my knowledge of how things work, you know, you printed off your demos and your CDs and all this stuff, and you physically mailed them to uh, people that wrote press releases, you know, magazines, newspapers, Mm -hmm. um, DJs. And of course, back then, you know, the stations weren't all part of a conglomerate. So you really could contact a DJ that was specific to your genre and ask them to play it if they liked it. So that's where I think in certain ways there was benefits to that um, way of doing things. But then now I can send my song halfway across the world in 20 seconds and have a response or some sort of opinion. Heck, if it's not even in the right language that I can understand, then I can translate it. I get a lot of press from like Bolivia and South America and mm-hmm. I Google translate it and hopefully it's right because it all seems very positive. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm like, oh, okay. But that's really, again, you're, you're international. That's huge. That's, that's such a big accomplishment. And the thing that I didn't realize before today was the short amount of time that that's happened to you. Yeah. And it's it's yeah, pretty it's incredible. Been, when you look at the grand scheme of things, I mean, the, the populace has kind of really happened in the last six months, mm-hmm. which is kind of hard to believe from going from like, here's my demo, please like me to, um, you know, talking to you or I've done several different interviews where, you know, they want to know about the music and this kind of stuff. It's like, you guys didn't seem to care about me when I was at the coffee shop when I was 15. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's where I think of just so funny how time flies and, and music evolves. We mature, we age. I mean, I'm going to be turning 35 this year and I still feel like I'm writing music like I was when I was 16. I think that's good. I, I'm glad that it's still fresh for me. What's in the hopper coming up as you round up 2021 and leading into 22? Honestly, December is going to be a ball. We kind of by happenstance, I didn't even plan it this way, but we ended up with no shows in November. So I'm calling it no show November, where we are really getting kind of our sets nailed down for December because we have three shows. December 3rd, we are at the Hook and Ladder in Minneapolis, which is a former like firehouse that they converted to a music venue, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's a ticketed event. And there's information for that on my website, samanthagrimesmusic.com and my Facebook and all, all my socials. And then December 11th, we are at the Terminal Bar with my good friends, Jojo Green. So that is going to be fun too. And December 18th is at the Festival Theater in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin. And that I'm, I'm getting really stoked for that show because we're going to have it a little more choreographed. Um, it's an evening basically with Samantha Grimes. So there's no openers. There's no nothing like that. It's just going to be basically an hour show of our best material. And there's a couple new songs on the set that I'm excited to debut. And that'll leave us for the holidays and then start January off with a kick. 
And you are going to love that space at St. Croix Festival Theater. I, I honestly, I'm so excited. I'm sure they're probably sick of me communicating with them because I'm just like, hey, how's the space today? <laughs> how's the acoustics today? They're like, you can come check it out. Um, yeah, they're just phenomenal people to work with. My big thing is I love venues where people are there to listen to the music. And, mm-hmm. you know, I did I did my time on the, the grungy, you know, bars where you don't get paid till two o'clock in the morning or everyone's screaming free bird at you. I, I've done that. And that was a big thing where going into music heavily this go around all I I knew in my heart the only thing I wanted to do was play music for people who really wanted to listen yeah and so I've been so fortunate that we've had show after show after show of venues and places and festivals where people are there for the music and that's I think that's why I'm just so energized because I truly feel like they're there to listen and that's how I feel about these three shows in December. I think they're going to be fantastic. We were fortunate enough to play the Falls Music Festival this summer in St. Croix Falls. And, and that, was, that was a big deal for us because that was kind of our hometown area that was uh, welcoming us into a big production standpoint and to showcase our music to the area. And it's like from that show on, everything else has just been one great show after another. And I can only hope that it continues. I think we've got some really cool stuff already kind of in the hopper for 2022. You've got so many good things coming up. Thank you so much for being my guest. Absolutely. And thank you for everything that you've done for the St. Croix River Valley. I don't think people say it enough how badly our area needed someone that was focusing on the events and the goings on, you know, that people can pull up, get out and try and, and see basically everything in this big radius that there is to do. I just, I'm, I'm grateful to you, Katie. I think that's awesome. And you've kind of been along for the ride since we started this whole thing. And it's, it's only going to get bigger from here. A big thank you to Samantha Grimes for being my guest. And of course, for the very, very kind words that she shared at the end of the interview, I really appreciate that as well. Now, don't miss out on your chance to catch Samantha Grimes performing locally. Before we know it, she might be on an international tour. Find her upcoming shows at samanthagrimesmusic.com. And you can also find her St. Croix Valley shows on getoutandtry.com. That wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. That's one of those small ways that you can help support the podcast and help others find it. Make sure you're also visiting getoutandtry.com often, keeping you connected to the calendar of fun and happenings in the St. Croix Valley. Until next time, find some ways to connect with your community. Support those hardworking small businesses that host all the fun in the Valley. Go, get out and try.